0: Yes we'll turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and keep your finger in that because we'll turn to it in a moment but a very interesting and alarming bit of news came in during the week and it's to do with the Council of Europe the Council of Europe are the main people who introduce uh, humanitarian laws, human rights and all that uh, kind of thing for Europe, for the European Union And this article is about their Parliamentary Assembly which had a draft agreement presented to them and it was to be discussed, the dangers of creationism in education. And the Parliamentary Assembly is worried about the possible ill effects of the spread of creationist theories within our education system and about the consequences for our democracies. If we are not careful it says creationism could become a threat to human rights which are a key concern for the Council of Europe. Is that incredible? And it warns against creationists and calls them dangerous religious extremists as we say there who could become a threat to human rights and democracy this is there from their sight. there are countless Christians throughout Europe and throughout the world who believe the Bible's account of creation Jesus himself believed it so that's good enough for me and the report identifies creationist theories with all manner of fundamentalism and extremism, synonymous with attacks of utmost virulence on human rights. The extremis- extremism this report should be worried about, of course, is ex- Islamic extremism that aims to put all of Europe under the heel of Islamic law. That's what they should be worried about. There's no evidence that creationists have attacked anyone's human rights or injured anyone in any way, none whatever. But jihadist Muslims have done all of that. The report says that the creationists have a total rejection of science. But in fact creationists simply refuse to worship science as infallible knowing how often it has proven itself to be wrong and changed its opinions. Creationists don't reject science, falsely so-called, as Paul says in Timothy. The Council of Europe report in question was to be voted on uh, on the 25th of June, but the objective of banning creationist and intelligent design views from schools in Europe, but the resolution was sent back to the committee for further study deputies from East Europe countries who voted against approving the report recalled with no fondness that Darwinian evolution was a favourite theory of their former communist dictators the very fact of course that such a report could be written and presented, and given any consideration which was serious, demonstrates the very real danger of freedom of speech and religion in our European community. It's very serious. What does Paul say writing to Timothy? He says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoid profane and vain babblings, And oppositions of science falsely so called. Which some professing have erred concerning the faith. We need to be very aware of what is going on and happening in our world. Now let us get back to Deuteronomy chapter 7. We read again a few verses just to give us into our heads the background of what we're talking about today when the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land whither thou goest to possess it and hast cast out many nations before thee the Hittites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites seven nations greater and mightier than thou And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee and thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them thou shalt make no covenant with them nor show mercy unto them neither shalt thou make marriages with them thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son for they will turn away thy son from following me that they may serve other gods so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly but thus shall ye deal with them ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord thy God did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were number more than any people. For ye were the fewest of all people but because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations what a wonderful God we worship you know we ended last week with some verses from 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 2nd Corinthians chapter 6 and we read verses 14 to 18 Now these verses here in Corinthians are very similar to the type of things God was saying to the Israelites when they were going into the promised land. That was to the Jewish people. This is Paul and God speaking to you and me through Paul in the New Testament. And We ended with these verses last week and I just wanted to go back over them and say something which I didn't have time to say despite the length we spoke last week uh, I didn't have time to just go into it so I just want to read those verses again and we'll read them just from the authorised version Second Corinthians 6 and from verse 14 Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness and what communion hath light with darkness and what concord hath Christ with Belial another name for Satan the devil or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols for ye are the temple of the living God as God hath said I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people Wherefore come out from among them, that's on the unbelievers. And be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will receive you. to see what it says, this is the important bit, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And we ask ourselves Do we take these commands seriously? Remember what we said last week? The fact that it's not just what God said, but it's that God said it. And whatever God said, God hath said it, it is true. We used to sing a chorus that said that. God hath said it, it is true. Pass it on can't remember the rest of it sin shall not have dominion over you that's what God hath said it it is true this of course may not prove to be a popular road with people around us we will be said that we are bigoted that we are narrow, we are exclusive and all the rest but it is the way of the Lord Jesus Christ and it is in scripture we do not go out of our way to be narrow and awkward but it may and more likely will be the only way we can possibly take in order to be true to God's Word I was thinking you know when I was doing this that we constantly refer to the Bible as God's Word it's a very basic description what it actually is, God's word God is speaking to you and me through the Bible and so we must obey it if we really believe that the Bible is God's word then anything within it we should obey it, as if God was actually here speaking it to us this very day but I wanted to just look at verses 16 and 17 because they are the two verses which I feel need some explanation they did to me in any case wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty the last bit I will receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be my sons and daughters saith the Lord Almighty what do these actually mean those two the latter part of verse uh, 16 and 17 come out from among them come out from anything which is unclean now in our modern setting it may take many forms as it did when Paul wrote those articles to the uh, Corinthians. They were living in a pagan society. We are now living in a pagan society. We are living in a time when doctrines are being revised and changed. So that is one of the things we have to come away from doctrines which are not in accordance with Scripture. Idolatry. We look around the world There are many who practice idolatry but there are also many around us who practice different kinds of idolatry. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to get down and bow down to an idol but there are wealth and riches and gains and all lots of things uh, that people worship rather than worshipping God. And then of course it also applies to marriages and other relationships come among those marriages as the Israelites had to do in, in, in Deuteronomy because if they get involved in marriages with people of different doctrines and faiths they were going to turn away from God the same today that is one of the, the main causes of Christians going away from the Lord is usually with marriages or other relationships you know the type of thing I mean and that to which I'm referring and if it applies to me if it applies to you God will point out that to you and we then should act on that and come away from those things which God would not have us do and then it says if ye come out if ye obey those scriptures then I will receive you and will be a father to you but people may well ask when they read those verses, but those Christians may say but surely I was made a child of God when I accepted Christ as my Saviour I became a Christian when I asked the Lord Jesus to come into my heart, what does it then mean I will receive you and will be a father to you, he already is our father is he not the word clearly says so you may quote Galatians 3.26 For we ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Another one, 1 John 1.12 As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born into the family of God by a work of the Holy Spirit of God, Jesus said to Nicodemus, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. James 1:18Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth. you know, in our natural birth. It occurred without any work on my part. I had nothing to do with my birth. And so, in our spiritual birth, it is all of God. All of the Spirit of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace are ye saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not of yourselves not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship he has given us new life in Jesus Christ we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus we are children of God so what does it mean that if I separate myself from any uncleanness that God will receive me and be a father to me I think what Paul is talking about here is identification with God. And more importantly, God's identification with us in this world. I was thinking about this, and how could we get round to explaining it? And I was thinking take a family, take a father who has two sons. The father is an upright citizen. Honest, pleasant, charitable, everything that a a good citizen should be. One of his sons lived an exemplary life and followed the lifestyle as taught by his father. The other son lived a life of self-will and rebelliousness. So we had the father with these two sons both were children of the father one was rebellious perhaps the father was ashamed of many of the things he did the other followed in his father's footsteps the father was proud of him and was not ashamed that his good name was linked with his son in the town Speaking of the son, people would say he was his father's son. Meaning he lived and acted as his father lived and as his father desired. You can see the difference. There are Christians who have accepted Christ as their saviour but they are living a life which is perhaps self-centred. But then there are those who Who have totally committed themselves. Both are children of God. But God is proud of the people who are living close to him. Like that son. People can look at that person and say. That man is his father's son. He's doing the will of God in his life. We should seek to live and obey God. In a manner worthy of him. And you know, then and then only will God publicly acknowledge those who by faith and grace seek to walk as Jesus walked. By walking in the shoes of Jesus, in his footsteps. You know, how often we see little kids walking down the street with their father. And the little kid is walking beside his father and he just walks in the same way. quite remarkable sometimes how how similar little kids walk like their fathers and you say he just walks exactly like his father and so should we walk like Jesus as he walked through this earth. We should walk the same way. What was the object of Jesus when he came into the world? He says in John 4.34 Jesus said unto them My meat, my desire is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. His only object in life was to do the will of his father that had sent him and to finish what he was given to do. And so in John 17.4 he could say I have glorified thee on earth when he was talking to his father I have glorified thee on earth I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do Paul the apostle the great apostle could say I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith I pray that I we all should pray that we could say I have fought a good fight I have finished my course I have kept the faith. Just turn to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 and verse 14. It will just explain this a little bit. This is the chapter of all the great people of faith in the New Testament some named some not named but in verse 14 it says having given a list of various things and various people and things like that it goes on to say for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country or they all desired a better place to live And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now, now, they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. These great men of faith were acknowledged by God because they had lived by faith they had lived in his will and he is not ashamed to be called their God what were these people like that God was not ashamed to be called their God wealthy popular in the world living in luxury having the idols of luxury and self-will living lives as do many of our modern evangelists <laughs> cohorting with the world's elite, cohorting with the world's elite popular with all the politicians these people with whom God was associated acknowledged And wasn't ashamed of. Here's what it says. They were those who were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection, and others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sown asunder. They were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted and tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And God was not ashamed of them. He took pleasure in the fact that he was their God. The world sought to kill them. And did. The world hated them. And hounded them. The world had no time for them. But God said. The world was not worthy of them. And he was not ashamed of them. Going back to Deuteronomy. In verse 7. It says. God. Set his love. Upon you. Because. The Lord. Loved you. That's what he thought of the Israelites. He set his love upon them. Because he loved them. Yet Israel failed. And sadly. I know only too well. So do I. But he has set his love upon me. Why? Because Christ has suffered. His wrath in my place. Therefore God. Can set his love upon me. That's what it means in Corinthians. There are those who are the children of God. But just carry on. In a humdrum sort of Christian life. On a very low level. But there are those. Whom God. Takes pleasure in they walk as Jesus walked in total fellowship with their father oh that we could all walk in that way and God says I will not be ashamed of those people I will identify with those people in this world behold it says in 1st John 3 behold what manner of love the father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called To live a life in communion with God. What a wonderful privilege to be acknowledged by God. Not only as his children through the new birth. But we may also be acknowledged by God in living a Christ-like walk. And obedience. There's something I wanted to say in Colossians sorry I'm jumping around but does no harm gets you to know where the books are Colossians chapter 3 Ephesians, Philippines Colossians chapter 1 chapter 1 and here's what it says uh, that we may walk worthy, go back to 10 that we may walk worthy of the lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god strengthened with them all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness giving thanks unto the father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light who hath delivered us from the power of darkness. And hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. We have been taken. When we accept Christ as our saviour. We move from the, 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 the realm of darkness. Into the realm of light. Now. And we start our inheritance. The, the children of Israel were going into the promised land. Their inheritance was just about to start. We have received an inheritance in light. If we walk in the light, we should be enjoying the inheritance which is ours and which will continue on into glory. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. We have that inheritance already, but it will continue right on until we get to glory what a wonderful hymn Isaac Watts wrote I'm not ashamed to own my Lord whosoever Jesus said in Luke shall be ashamed of me and of my words of him shall the son of man be ashamed and so he wrote this hymn in in, in, in the, in the six, late 1600s I'm not ashamed to own my Lord or to defend his cause maintain the honour of his word the glory of his cross Jesus my God I know his name his name is all my trust nor will he put my soul to shame nor let my hope be lost firm as his throne his promise stands and he can well secure what I have committed to his hands till the decisive hour then will he own my worthless name before his father's face and in the new Jerusalem appoint my soul a place. Amen.